and it's great to see people's faces out there, and um, it brings back a little bit of emotions in it all, but we're so excited. Yeah, we're very excited. So welcome to the Grove Central. Welcome online, and then team, thank you for being here today. Um, yeah, so awesome. Yeah, Woo. some of the teams clapping. I love it. This is like the first time I have an audience to have uh, when I speak, and so I'm so excited. We've been using the TV, so I think I'm going to stick with this because it's going to help me with uh, just what we've been doing the last few weeks um, as, as we've been online. And so just uh, I want to say welcome to Grove. If you don't know, that's my wife's sincerity. My name is Eric Montoya, Pastor of the Grove, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with who we are. And uh, we usually meet in a theater, Regal Theater, and because of COVID, that's been closed to us. We can't go and meet. And so this building opened up at um, the beginning of July, and so for the last month, We've been working hard on this building to get it ready so that we can have some services here. Once the theater opens up, we're going to move there uh, to have services there again. And then we'll use this space for during the week, other things like that. So we're excited about this space. It's really, really a blessing to us. And so just uh, thankful for the team for putting all the hard work to get it ready. It uh, looks pretty good behind me and uh, all the panels and decorations, all that. So anyways, welcome to Grove. Um, and if you're a guest first time, let us know. You can put in the, in the chat section there. Let us know you're with us, where you're watching from. Um, you can engage there with some, some questions. You have questions. We'd love to answer those questions and to help you with that, the process there. And so, um, yeah, this is good. I think we're good. Yeah, because that's, that's blank. So we're still testing our system. So we're, uh, it's, it's good. Um, so we're in a series on Psalms 23, and uh, we're going to test right now. It worked. All right. So um, that's a good thing. Psalms 23 is an amazing psalm in the Bible, a song from, the, from David. And most of the time, we read Psalms 23 in funerals. Um, but don't make no mistake, it is not a song for funerals and for, the, for death and for the dead. This is actually a song for the living. What I love about Psalms 23 is that historians believe that David most likely wrote this towards the end of his life, not in the beginning of his life. So when he's writing this psalm, he's writing from a life of experience. He's writing, writing from a life of, of difficulty, right? And he's showing us, teaching us important lessons about life, about God and who God is and his nature, and so you can say this, that Psalms 23, it's really meant for a season of anxiety and unknown. Most likely when he wrote this, wrote this psalm, his son was trying to kill him and take over the kingdom. All right, so talk about family feud, talk about issues, right, that are going on with families. And uh, his, his son is trying to take the kingdom away from him. And so it's a civil war, and he's trying to uh, hunt him down to kill him. And in the middle of this, most likely David wrote this song out of a season of anxiety and of unknown. Very similar to maybe the season some of you are in, we've been in, as, as not just a nation, but as a world, right? And so, um, um, really, it's what I want you to know is Psalm 23 is supposed to give us strength in the middle of struggle. That's the point of Psalm 23, is to give us strength in the middle of the unknown, the uncertainty, in the middle of the struggle. And so, he, he writes it, right, to give us the ability to be able to walk through. And, um, yeah, so do I need to change my mic, team? You okay in the ears? My mic's not messing you guys up. Okay, it's making some weird noise. You okay? Yeah. Let me know if I change mics. I'll go to a handheld, okay? Um, so what, we're going to read it. Read it with me. All right, Psalms 23 says this. says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me your rod and your staff they protect and they comfort me you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies you honor me by anointing my head with oil my cup it overflows with blessings surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and i will live in the house of the lord forever so psalm 23 i challenge you guys last week to memorize this psalm 
um, to, to take it. I'm going to get another mic, excuse me. All right, here, coming through. All right. Sorry about that. Our mic, one of our mics is having some weird frequencies in this building, so we're going to go to the one that um, is not. All right, so Psalms 23, I challenged you last week to memorize it. Let it become a prayer. It only takes 30 seconds to pray the psalm, Psalm 23, only 30 seconds. So it's a great psalm that you can pray. Um, my, my two youngest daughters have already memorized this psalm, so at night we'll pray it before we go to bed. It's just a great great way to, to pray. And so sometimes maybe they're, you know, maybe one of my, one of my daughters sometimes says, you know, I think I'm going to have a bad dream. We pray, and I encourage her when I leave, just pray that prayer, right? There's a phrase in there that says, even though I go through something difficult, right, God's going to be with me. Why? Because his rod and his staff, they protect me. They comfort me. Now, we pray in an older translation because it's one I memorized, right? His rod and his staff, it comforts me. And uh, I encourage her to pray that whenever she feels just maybe a little um, overwhelmed or um, not feeling well, and, and, and she can have that peace. So, you know, we, they tell us to count sheep, right? When you're really tired, you can't fall asleep. So what better way to think about sheep and the shepherd when you're laying, laying there at night and just saying a prayer like Psalm 23, saying, Lord, you're my shepherd. You know, I have all that I need. You provide for me. I, I, have, no, I have no lack because you're there with me. And so um, God is our, he's our shepherd. He's our provider. Um, and as we talked about last week that um, there's these, one of the great things about the Psalm 23 is it, it really gives the, um, the characteristics of God's nature, right? So we see David is writing this song, but in the middle of it, He's pointing out who God is. It starts off by saying the Lord, right? The Lord. We're talking about the Lord. And so last week he said God is our shepherd, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not, I shall not want, right? I have, I have all that I need. He's our provider. So two names, they're compound names that in the Old Testament talk about God as God our shepherd and God our provider, Jehovah Jireh. And, and he, he provides for us. So those are last week's. Today we're going to talk about the next two names that are characteristics of God. And these names just refer to something about God, who he is, his characteristics, his, his, his nature, and so the next one is God our peace and God our healer. So we're going to go through the next two verses, and we're going to talk about um, those next two things, right? God our peace and God our healer. You know, I, I showed a picture of a, of a sheep up here, and they're pretty cute animals, right? Uh, but they're also very dumb animals. I told a story last week how one sheep uh, led almost 2,000 sheep off a cliff, right? Because one went the wrong way and went over the cliff, and all these other ones followed. Um, you can listen to that last week if you missed the story. They're... they're they're cute, but they're really, 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 really dumb, right? And so if they get in trouble. They can hurt themselves. Uh, it can cost them their life if they're not paying attention. And so we're going to talk about that, right? Isaiah says this about us. He compares us throughout Scripture. The Bible compares us 200 times to sheep. And so sometimes as humans, we make some dumb choices, and this is why it compares us to sheep, because sometimes we go after what feels good, what, what is um, the immediate rather than what is healthy or what is better. And so he says this. Isaiah says this. Isaiah 53 says, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. So the prophet's saying all of us, at some point, we have strayed to, to chase our own desires. At some point, we've gone away, and we follow our own. Um, and, and, he, and he's saying, and essentially in this, but God has come to rescue us. God has come to show us a better way. So let's talk about the second part of Psalm. And during the season of COVID, during the season of uncertainty, um, really, this is one of those parts that I think this would really help us if we'd apply it, if we'd really understand and grasp what what. God is trying to help us to see, and, and what David is trying to help us see about God's nature. So the next, the next part of the verse, that, uh, Psalm that we're talking about, says this. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful waters. He renews my strength. Or another translation says, he restores my soul. All right? And so he's saying, um, essentially, 
God is our shepherd. He's going to lead us and take care of us. We don't, we don't lack. He's our provider, right? But then he's also our peace and our, and our healer. So he lets us rest in green meadows. Well, one thing about sheep is they can't sleep until they're satisfied. They're hungry. They're, 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 they ate enough. And so God knows how to lead us to places that's going to satisfy. Um, he leads us besides peaceful streams. Sheep won't drink from a moving river, so the, the shepherd will have to he, – he, he gets a part of the, uh, of the river where he'll dam it up so that the water will be peaceful and calm. Otherwise, the sheep will never drink from it. You know, the, the, the stream is available. They're afraid of it, probably for good reason, right? Because if they went to the edge of it and they accidentally fell in, um, their fur, they're so furry that when it gets he- wet, they get really heavy, right? So most likely they fall in the river or they're gone, right? So probably a good reason they don't drink from moving water. But uh, he says, he leaves me besides peaceful streams, and then he renews my strength and restores my soul. We're going to talk about this because here's what happens. When it comes to our life, um, all of us are going to certain sources for nourishment, right? The same way we go to food, right? If you eat unhealthy food all the time, it's going to make you sick, right? But you have to eat. If you don't eat at all, then, then you're going to die, right? You need food and you need water. And, um, when, but when it comes to other appetites in our lives, like pleasure, things that we like, things that we desire, Sometimes we go to sources that aren't very good. They're, they don't, they're not good for us. And I really believe this is what David is trying to help us to see in the middle of this. Is God wants to do something in our life, especially in those seasons that are difficult. He's saying, let me, let me lead, let me guide you. So he lets us rest in green meadows, right? He, he leads us to these places of refreshment. Um, I would say that the, the, the food and the water he's talking about, the peaceful streams, um, they're really a, a source for us to be able to grow and learn. You know, the scripture, the Bible, is, is God's gift to us that helps us to be fed, right? In fact, Jesus said he compares himself in the word of God to bread that gives us nourishment and helps us to live. Um, and so sometimes what people think is they read the Bible and they like, well, I didn't really get anything out of that. Well, yesterday when you ate your, your lunch, did you really think like, man, I really didn't get much out of that, right? You eat it, sometimes not even knowing, but yesterday's food is actually sustaining us for today. It gives me strength and energy to do what I do because of what I ate yesterday. So if I eat healthy yesterday, it's going to give me more energy today. If I eat unhealthy yesterday, then I'll be a little weaker today. Same as for reading God's word. If you'll read his word faithfully, you'll eventually get this, this nourishment and this, uh, these resources in your life that is not going to just help you now, but it's going to help you even in the future. And so some people, they wait until, the, until, until it's, it's hard and difficult, and then they're like, oh, I've got to catch up, and i really got to seek God, and I've got to rush in because I, I, I really need help. No, no. You just, like, like a healthy diet, you eat healthy, 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 and eventually it begins to pay off, right? If you eat unhealthy and you go to unhealthy sources, Eventually, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rob you, and it's going to hurt your health. And so the, the Bible and Scripture are the same way. When we go to God, when we go to church, when it's consistent, when it's on a regular basis, it's the same way as having a really good, healthy diet for, for our, our body. But this is he's talking about our soul and our spirit, right? And he gets to a point where he says he's going to renew my strength, renew my, my soul in the middle of this process. Jesus said this in Matthew 5. He said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. If you hunger and you thirst for God's righteousness, you will be filled. You hunger and you thirst for what God has, he's going to satisfy you. There's nothing in this world that can satisfy like God does. This is why people chase tons of things their whole life, and they never hit the finish line because those things never satisfy. They're not bad. Racing after a lot of money, racing after a lot of fortune, all the fame, all that, they're not bad, but they don't satisfy. The things within them, the relationships, those can satisfy. That's what God is saying. In this relationship, if you will search for what I have, you're, right, you're, you're hungry and you're thirsty for my kingdom, you're going to be satisfied. You're going to be filled up. And so last week we said, you know, the first part of the psalm is knowing God. The second part, that's, that's our first purpose for our church is to know God. The second part is to find freedom. We want people to find freedom. 
And when, when God is leading us to, to really good places of nourishment and places of refreshment, we, we get this rest for our soul. In fact, it says, restores my soul. And I think a lot of, a lot of us, a lot of times, we need our, sto- our soul restored, but we go to the wrong places to get it. We go to Instagram. We go to Facebook. We go to the news. Um, we go to the gossip line, right? We go to all these places, and it never re- restores us or fixes us or fills us up because they're, not, they're never intended or meant to. It's, it's a substitute. In fact, uh, one, of the, one of the three lies the enemy uh, lied to Jesus and Adam and Eve, he still does it to us today. The first lie is this. I am what I do. We tend to think that um, our value comes from our performance. In fact, um, when somebody introduces themselves to you, what do they ask you? What do you do? Isn't it the first thing you ask somebody? Why? Because we sometimes think our value is attached to our action and to our job, and it's not. Your value is attached to you because you're a human being, because you're a person, because you're made in the image of God. And that's one of the, one of the things Psalms 23 is telling us is if you'll just pause, if you'll let God lead you to these places of better refreshment and better, better uh, uh, meadows where you can um, eat and you can drink by still waters, you're going to be refreshed. If you go to God's word, if you will be faithful in, in a church, if you'll be faithful in small groups, you're going to grow and you're going to be healthy because you're going to the right places. Yeah, I don't know if you know anybody during the season that's only watched news or only been on, on social media the whole time. You know, if I, I can take a guess that if I said how healthy are they mentally and emotionally, you'd probably say, eh, right? Right? You'd say that because we know that when you only go to unhealthy sources of nourishment um, and, and a value, places of value, you're not going to get it. And we tend to think, you know, I'm only as good as what, what I can do. And the enemy's always wanting to try to get us to keep going, going, and going. Working is good. We should work hard, but God said there should be a rhythm. You work six days hard, you take one day of just rest. The reason a lot of people don't have their souls restored and don't trust God as their shepherd is because it's nonstop. Go, 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 go. And we think because if I stop, then I'm not going to have any value. No, that's not true. The Sabbath is God's way to remind us that we are not valued by the work we do, but the fact that we are, his, we are creating his image. The Sabbath is God's way to say we're no longer slaves. We don't, our performance doesn't have to make bricks like they were in, in uh, Egypt, right? Their value is only as slaves was their performance. And God says, no, if you want rest for your soul, you have to overcome this first lie that you're more than what you do. The second lie is this, I am what I have. A lot of reasons we want to keep working is because we want to have more money so we can have more toys. And toys are not bad. But when that becomes the focus of your life or our lives, it becomes about possessions, right? My value is in what, what I have and what people um, think of and, what, and so people can see what I have, right? I like Dave, Dave Ramsey, what he says. You know, we borrow money that we don't have to impress people that we don't even like. Why is that? We get into debt. Why is it that we um, try to impress people that don't even maybe even know us all that well or don't even like us that much or we don't even like? For some reason, we try to keep up with all the standards everybody else. God is saying don't become those kind of people. There has to be a rhythm in your life that you go to the right places for nourishment, the right places for refreshment so that your soul can be restored. So you're more than what you do. Uh, you're more than um, – than what you have, right, your possessions. And the last one is this. You're more than what others think of you, popularity. So one lies about performance, one lies about possessions, and the last lies about popularity. It's about the approval of others, about, about us being popular, about us um, living in a way that um, others would think highly of us. And that becomes really, we begin to live in a way that we, we value people's opinions more than our future, people's opinions more than uh, what God is saying. And we live that way, we miss what God has for our life. 
So we have to overcome these three lies, right? Um, we have to allow God to say you're more than what you do, you're more than what you have, and you're more than what people think of you. Your value is not in those three things. It's in the fact that you are a child of God. And the moment we realize that, that we have value just because we're human, just because we're made in his image, we begin to let the shepherd lead us and help us to see what we don't see. Because here's, here's the truth, especially in this season of COVID, right, is if we're winning externally, and a lot of times it's more of just if we put on a mask or put on a show for others, right, and, but we're not winning in, internally, it's only a matter of time. Our relationships, our finances, all the other aspects of life will begin to crumble. We have to learn to say, I don't want to just win externally where people think a lot of highly of me or because I'm doing really well with my job or finances. I really need to learn to win internally also. Because here's what happens. When, when we allow God to, to feed us, we allow God to nourish us and refresh us through the water, he restores our soul. And all of our souls need to be restored. What is a soul? The soul is, a, is the psychological self, right? It's the inner bank of our emotions and the thoughts and our memory. So, so our soul is all of these, these parts of our life of memories and things that happen to us, events, right? And all of us, at some point, our soul gets damaged. Mine gets damaged. Somebody says something to me that hurts my feelings. Somebody says something that cuts me down. Somebody does something that affects me, right? And all of a sudden now my soul is maybe a little damaged. It's a little, it's a little hurt. Maybe it's, it's a wound that was afflicted on us, uh, some kind of wound that, that hurt us. Well, when, when, the, when, the, um, when we get hurt or wounded by somebody, you know, it, even when they're really horrible, it's an event. But what happens is that one event, it t- typically plays out the rest of our life if we don't learn to heal from it. And that one event from the hurt or from what somebody said or somebody did to us can be the one thing that determines the rest of our life. And sometimes, not always, sometimes those are really painful things. But sometimes it's even little things that we now let 20 years, 10 years, 30 years dictate and control how we think, how we live now in the present. God is saying, no, no, you have to have your soul be, your soul be restored so you don't live in the past. Because here's what happens. That, 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 that action, that hurt was an event. But here's the thing about healing. Healing is always a process. God, God it doesn't just happen overnight. God begins to perform miracles where he forgives, where he allows us to, to find peace. But it always takes a process to be able to get to that healing process. In fact, one of the ways sheep die, um, one of the like it's a major way and one of the most dangerous ways is they fall on their back and they can't get up, right? Kind of like a turtle. I'm not joking. You could Google it. It's called cast. They they get in this position called cast, and they fall on their back and they can't get up. And if this, if there's not a shepherd that you can trust, they're not somebody wise. So essentially, their world turns upside down. COVID has turned a lot of people's worlds upside down. Maybe financially, maybe relationally, maybe in marriage or parenting, whatever it is, right? A lot of us have found ourselves saying, there's some things in my life that are upside down. Well, to restore the sheep back to, back to the right, right stance, the, sh- the shepherd doesn't go up there and just do it. Because what happens if they've been on their, on their back for a long time, the way that their gases and all the things work inside of them, if they do it quickly and that sheep's been there for a long time, it's going to kill them almost instantly. So they have to do this process of them. I don't know what they do. It's kind of like they're wrestling with them for a little bit, you know, like the sheep is like making noise and the shepherd's wrestling. Go Google it. You'll, you'll, like, you'll like the videos. And so it's a process to get their body to start getting ready to be flipped back over. And a lot of times in life, we, we get ourselves upside down and we think, all right, God, you have, I read the Bible today. I went to church. You didn't fix it. My life is still upside down. I quit. I give up. You know, it's a process, right? It's an event that got you there a lot of times. Sometimes it's, it's the choices we make. Usually it's an event that got you there. It's going to be a process to get you out of it. And you don't stop. I, I meet a lot of people who, you know, their marriage wasn't working. And they go to a counselor one time and they're like, that didn't work. I'm not going back. Well, yeah, because one time is not going to fix it. 
If it took you five years to get into, like, the struggles, financial debt you're in, going to a financial counselor one time is not going to fix it. The next five years, you're going to have to change habits so you can get into a place that you can get financially fit again or physically fit, right? It's a, it's a, it's a process to get back to it. And a lot of times when we come to God, you know, we think it's going to be instant. It's going to be right away. No, it's a process. So COVID messed with a lot of people emotionally, financially, mentally. It's going to be a process to get back there. If you're in upside down in that area, it's not going to just happen overnight. And that's part of that, that restoring my soul. We have to be able to trust the shepherd to say, God, I trust you enough that you know the process I need to go through. And sometimes the process is as painful as the event, the hurt, the wound, because you have to relive it a little bit. And there's, there's a whole way we can walk through that. In fact, one of our small groups called Freedom, that's one of the best groups to get into because it's about that process of saying, how can I be free from the past so I can move with confidence into the future? You know, in, in, our, in our, our lives, God wants to restore our souls. He wants to restore your soul. But you have to be willing to say, God, I submit to the process. I'm going to be consistent. So the same way you don't eat once a week, you, you shouldn't read your Bible once a week. You should be able to go to that on a, on a daily basis, a regular basis, where you say, Speak to me something, God. What is it? And the Bible says the, the, the word of God is like a mirror. It reflects to us what we don't see or what we need to see. And as we read through those things, we're going to be convicted about God saying, hey, you're missing it here. You should really change that. And he invites us into this process to say, I, I, I want you to know the plans I have for your life. Trust me. I'm going to take you to, to meadows that are lush and green and that are satisfying. I'm going to take you to streams that are quiet and still so you can be refreshed. And then I'm going to restore your soul if you'll let me. That's God's invitation to us. So the thing I love about Jesus, when he, when he went and he trained his disciples, he didn't say life's going to be perfect if you follow me. If you, if you sign up to be a Jesus follower and you, and you follow my ways, you're gonna, it's going to be awesome. You're going to have everything you want. He didn't say that. In fact, he, told, he says this to them. He said, John 16, 33, he says, he said this, um, I have told you these things so that, you, that in me you may have peace. What things did he tell them? That there's going to be troubles. There's going to be difficulties. He's going to face persecution. He's going to face the cross. And so are they at some point, right? He's saying, I've told you these things so you'll have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Guys, you're going to have trouble. I'm going to have trouble in this world. There's going to be things that pop up. There's going to be people that do things and say things that I can't control. I'm going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble. But Jesus says, take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. Take heart because I've overcome. He's saying, this is why I've come. I've come to give you an example. I've come to show you that it's possible to be able to take on the worst and still make it through. Because here's the, here's the thing. There's two options when, when we go through some difficult. You can either go through a difficulty or you can grow through a difficulty. In your marriage, in your finances, in your relationship with God, in relationship with others. You can just go through it and be like, man, this is horrible. Or you can say, help me God to grow through this. And those, for the last five months that we've been in this season, and I miss every tremendously not being able to be at the theater and have church. But those that have been applying themselves with little disciplines, a lot of times they're small. They're little. Like you're reading a verse a day. You're meditating on a verse. You're you're saying, you're, you're saying, God, what is it that you want to speak to me? There's some prayer that's happening on a regular basis, right? And if you don't want to pray, that's usually an indication that you need to pray. It's those times that you're like, man, I just don't want to talk to God. There's a reason you don't want to talk to God. Either you're doing something wrong, you're mad at him for something because you're blaming him for something that probably wasn't even his fault, right? Or maybe many other reasons. When we don't want to pray, usually it's the time we need to pray. And God invites us in that relationship saying, let me just help you. Let me, let me bring comfort to your soul. Let me, let me restore the inner parts of you. Let me, let me point out to you where you're missing it so you can become a healthy individual. He invites us into this journey. He says, let me help you. You find yourself upside down, let me get it right back, right side up. Let me help you in this journey. 
And when Jesus came and he said, guys, there's going to be troubles, there's going to be difficulties in life, but take heart because I've overcome the world. The same promises are, are to you also. God, you're, guys, you're going to face something difficult, but God says he's overcome, you can overcome. We can grow through this. We don't have to um, just go through it. Now, I encourage you, who knows how long this season is going to continue to go on, how, how slow the process will be, but we can grow through it if we choose to do that. And it's just saying, God, I want to be that person that goes to you um, on, a, on a regular basis because you're my shepherd. You, fall, you, you provide. You take care of me. And we learn to be those kind of people. So here's my challenge for us. All right, this week I said memorize it. Right? I would say this. This week, every single day, maybe at night's a good time, maybe in the morning's a good time, whatever it is, get it out. And if you've already memorized it, speak it out. If you don't have it memorized yet, read it out loud. Out loud and slow. Don't rush through it. Right? So the Lord is my shepherd. You think about that saying, God, you're my shepherd. You're my shepherd. So if you're the shepherd, I'm the sheep. Where do you want to lead me today? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need, right? I shall not want. So then you ask the question, all right, God, in my life there's these things I want, right? But they line up with what you have for me because if they don't, then it's really not going to satisfy it. I'm going to change, spend my whole life chasing these things that are never going to satisfy. And David is saying when we trust God, he gives us what we need, and we can have contentment in life because we trust that when we need it, he's going to provide it for us. And when we're good stewards of it, he's going to give us more of it. So the Lord's my shepherd. I have, I have all that I need, right? I shall not want. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. God, I need some refreshment today. God, I need some nourishment. Would you speak to me through your word? Would you speak to me through other people? Would you restore my soul? Help me to find healing in my life so I can trust you with my life. And then he goes on and says what? Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. And we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. It's really good. Even then, he's with us. Why? Because his rod and his staff, they comfort us. Can you already see what would happen if you would do this on a regular basis? Saying, God, you're my shepherd. You're going to provide. I have contentment in this. In the middle of my work day, God, things are going crazy. You're my shepherd. You restore my soul. You bring peace to me. So today, I turn my attention to you. Our lives would drastically change if we'd be those people that said, God, I turn my attention to you. Be my shepherd. Lead me and guide me. Now, some of you, Maybe in this room, maybe watching, at some point, you've wandered off, like, like Isaiah said. Like sheep, we've wandered off, wandered away, doing our own thing. And today, the shepherd is saying, hey, come, follow me. Would you come? Let me be your shepherd. Let me be your leader. Let me lead you on this journey of life. For some of you, you've been watching, and your world is upside down because of choices you made. Maybe because things that happened to you that were outside your control, but it's upside down. And today, God says, can I help you get it right side up? Can I lead you on this journey to get back to a place that you can be healthy again? And maybe today you're ready to actually say, God, man, I, I surrender. Surrender is like that moment where we say, all right, God, I, I, have, I don't have control. I trust you. I release. I let go. And I say, yes, I'll follow your lead. That's what it takes to be a Jesus follower. But on a regular basis, we say, God, I surrender. I can't do it apart from you. I can't do it without your help. I need your help. Today, if you're watching and you're ready to make that decision, right, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer of invitation saying, God, Come into my life. God, lead me. You be my leader. You be my shepherd. And I'll follow you faithfully. So if that's you and you're ready to pray with me, right now, wherever you're at, wherever you're watching, would you pray this prayer with me? Just say this. Hey, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help. I can't do it without you. You're my shepherd. I choose to follow you. Forgive me for wandering off. Forgive me 
going my own way. Forgive me my sins, my mistakes, my past. Would you lead me in a new direction? Let this be a new day and a new start. Would you restore my soul? I put my trust in you. God, thank you. Help me know, let me know you and the plans you have for my life. I put my trust in you today. In peace now I pray. Amen.